Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. All right, today um, I'm going to be talking about um, about being a king. Okay. Uh, let me read this scripture. Proverbs 14, 28 says, In a multitude of people is a king's honor, but in the lack of people is the downfall of a prince. And so when I say we're going to be talking about being a king, um, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, Tori's nickname for me or, you know, <laughs> some nickname you gave your spouse. I don't, I don't know. Um, no, we're... T- <laughs> when... In Proverbs, it's, it's talking in many places about, about a king and, and how they act, who they are, how they lead, you know, what they do. And, and really what it's talking about is, of course, in that time, you know, the highest form of leadership, the high, highest form of uh, accountability and, and, and who, what a person could become and attain was a king. And so when we're talking about this in, in these scriptures, it's talking about um, like in this one, you know, a multitude of people is a king's honor, and it's saying, you know, a leader that has a multitude of people following them is a good leader. And if you don't have anybody following you, then you're probably not a good leader. That it's probably not working out for you. And and in Proverbs, there's there's so many different verses that I could go into, and and then it talks about leadership. Uh, I'm not going to, but a couple of, of ones that I just want to just mention. In Proverbs 16, 13, it talks about a leader being honest and trustworthy, speaking truthful, and, and leading with integrity. In Proverbs 28, it says, when a king sits in judgment, he weighs all the evidence distinguishing good from bad, that, that they weigh through the good and the bad. A good leader can, can wade through evidence, can, can, can uh, you know, walk through different situations and distinguish good things from bad things. But in this scripture here, I'll read it in the Message Bible, and it says, in Proverbs 14, 28, it says, The mark of a good leader is loyal followers. Leadership is nothing without a following. And that just says that scripture, talking about a king in a more modernized way, and we see here that it's talking about leadership. And, and I'm not one that, that likes to get up here and, and to talk about leadership because I don't believe that, that I'm up here to just give, you know, little like feel-good speeches, you know. I, I'm called to preach the Bible, but this is also in the Bible too, you know. And, and whenever it says all these things, how we can take this to heart is, is that we are, each and every one of us, called to lead people. And that's, whether that's in our job, a business, or in our day-to-day life, we are all called to lead people. Each and every one are called to lead people to Christ. And, and how could we lead people to him if we're not good leaders, really? If we can't lead, if I can't 
act in a way, or if we can't act in a way that someone would want to go the direction that we're going, how could we lead them to Christ? So when I talk today, you know, don't, don't say, oh man, he just gave one of those leadership talks. That's not what this is. This is not a TED talk. I'm pretty sure I won't do it how they have it laid out because, you know, they're very particular about that. But what I want to talk to, to you about to, today is that, that each and every one of us has leadership in us, that we are called to great and mighty things. And if we want to do that, if we want to follow God and become all that he has called us to, then we need to understand some of these principles so that we can walk in that integrity and in that strength. Amen? So the mark of a good leader is loyal followers. If you don't have followers, you're not a leader. And it just makes me think about, you know, in Acts, I believe it's 27, and Paul is a prisoner, and he's taken on this ship, and, and he's there with a bunch of other prisoners, and, and they're going on this ship. Now think about this. He's not the captain. He's not the spiritual advisor. He doesn't have any kind of position of, of leadership, so-called position of leadership, but he is on there actually being transported as a prisoner. So they take him on the ship, they get going, things are going good for just a little bit, and then on their journey, this, this storm starts to arise. Actually, God speaks to him, and he's like, listen, I think we need to stop. And so the leader's like, you know talking to the captain, hey, what do you think? What, you know, us, us guys in position, what do, what do we think, you know? What do we think we should do? No, 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 we can't stop here. This isn't a good place to stop, so we're going to keep going. And then all of a sudden, this storm starts raging. The storm, the winds, all these things start coming around and blowing the ship around and, and causing it to, to tip over and, and, and it's starting to sink and they start throwing stuff overboard. Throwing things, they even wanted to throw the prisoners overboard at one point. But Paul says, no, 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 don't stop yet. I told you to stop before. Listen, he's still a prisoner. I told you to stop before. Don't stop yet. They were going to just jump ship, get out of there. He says, listen, stay on the ship for just a little bit longer. And God told me that everyone will live. And as they're throwing everything overboard, they want to throw the prisoners. And then all of a sudden, the captain, the leader of the ship is like, hey, no, 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 no. This guy seems like he's got some good advice. So let's keep him around. And God used him in this moment at the lowest rung, really no authority or leadership at all to come and actually save all the people on this ship and have a leadership above the captain, above the other guys, the, the guards, the, the people that had brought them on that ship as a captive. And God placed him in this place of leadership, and they followed him. But what that brings me to is that leadership is not a position. It's about influence. 
Leadership isn't about a position, it's about people. It's about how you help people, how you lead people. It's not a title. It's who you are, it's what you do. And that's what we see in Paul in this moment. That it didn't matter. You know, and I think that's the problem these days. There's so many that, that want a title or want this. And it's really, I'm, I'm speaking to all of us, but not really to any of us. Because I don't see really people in this place that are just going after a title or anything like that. But I want to keep this in my heart and say, God, don't ever let me. Don't ever let me seek after just a title or just to be called this or that. But let me lead people. Let me lead people to you. In Proverbs 15, 22, it says, Wise counsel, without counsel, plans go awry. But in a multitude of counselors, they are established. See, and I'm going to speak on a few different things about leadership and about influence and about who we're supposed to be as Christians, as God's people. And just as this scripture tells us that without counsel, without somebody speaking into your life, your plans can go awry. I love that, um, that quote um, that I can't remember right now. It's the mice and men. Uh, something of mice and men often go awry. Anybody, nobody knows that? Best laid plans, there it is. Best laid, I don't know why that just left my mind. Best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. And that story, you know, it is that we can lay out all of our plans and we can, we can plan all these things out, but we don't know. You know, mice dig tunnels and do all this stuff in the ground. They don't know that the farmer is going to plow that ground and tear up their tunnels that they've dug, basically, is that story. It's the same with us. We're digging tunnels. We're saying this is exactly what things need to look like and how things need to be. And, and when we get in our head, just in ourselves, thinking that we're doing everything perfectly right, we don't realize all the other different scenarios and situations. That's why we need people in our lives to speak to us, to give us leadership, yeah. discipleship, to, to speak and, and tell us things that we might be missing. No matter who you are, you need somebody speaking into your life. You don't get to a place that you don't need that. We all need that. We all need somebody to give us the truth, of course, in love. We see a story of Rehoboam, that didn't listen to his father's advisors. And, and in that story, we see that he lost half of everything. But I love this story about Moses, and, and, and he's leading people, and he's doing everything himself. He sits in his big chair, you know, 
and people come to him and, and he decides what's right and wrong and he's got everybody. The whole nation of Israel is coming to him and it works out for a little bit, but I love, listen to this, his father-in-law comes. I mean, think about this. He's leading this people. So, so many people. And his father-in-law comes and he speaks to him and he's like, listen, what is it that you're doing? He's like, look, I got to sit here and, and be the judge on all these situations because I have to tell them what's right and wrong. And his father-in-law is like, father-in-law is like hey, bro, that, that might have worked for a little, a little while, but you're going to kill yourself doing that. And he wasn't above hearing the, the advice of his father-in-law. He wasn't above hearing good, sound wisdom that was spoken into his life. And I just think about that. How many times do we have people speaking good stuff to us and we're like, well, you don't know. I'm in a place of leadership. I know what's supposed to happen. And they're trying to tell us, listen, this isn't going to work out. You're going to need to change things if you want to do it for the long haul. And that's what Jethro was speaking to him. He's like, look, you can do that. You have been doing it, but you're going to kill yourself sitting there for hours on end being the only one that judges. And the other part of this story I love that speaks into leadership is that he says, you can't do everything yourself. You can't be the one that gives all the answers. You need to place leaders over tens. You need to place leaders over hundreds. You need to place leaders over thousands. And then you can lead all the leaders. See, leadership is delegating authority. And too many times we think leadership is, is, is taking all this authority and being able to have all the answers. And I would submit to you that that's not leadership at all. That's dictatorship. But having wise counsel, hearing words being spoken to us and being able to let them sink in is a good quality that we need to have. Proverbs 16.10, it says, The king speaks with the divine wisdom. He must never judge unfairly. He must never judge. He speaks with divine wisdom. As God's people, as the leaders, the people that he has called us to, we are to speak with divine wisdom. Never judging unfairly. It says that we don't take our emotions and bring them into the situation that we're trying to figure out. And allowing our feelings of something that happened before to come into the mix. You know, it's saying this, a leader, a king. They should speak with divine wisdom. What they're speaking should be something that was given to them by God that is something not earthly, that is not something that just comes out of, out of me, but comes from God. To not allow my feelings, my stuff, my mess, because we all got mess. 
Don't tell me you don't. You come up here and try to tell me. Because we all have that stuff in us. And we need to allow God to speak into our lives so that we can speak into others' lives. And what happens is like Nehemiah, that he comes and leads a people to rebuild in a miraculous way. We always want things to happen in a miraculous way, but we don't want to allow the miraculous to settle down in us in order for it to happen. You know what I'm saying? Man, God, just do this thing and make it miraculous. Do these big things in my life or allow me to lead these people. And he's like, I'm trying to speak some things to you, but you just want to do it all on your own. But then you're asking me to bring the power and you're not letting me speak to you. You're not allowing me in. So many times we want it to be on us. The victory but want God to do the work. That's really the other way around. We do the work and the victory is His. Yes, He's going to come and do miraculous things, but we're a conduit. We're a vessel that He flows through. Proverbs 16, 12, it says, Good leaders abhor wrongdoing of all kinds. Sound leadership has a moral foundation. As God's people, what he's called us to, we should abhor wrongdoing. says sound leadership has a moral foundation. You know, I think too much we allow things to creep into our life thinking, you know what? It's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. Or this thing that that person did you know, so many times we give them, you know, it's like give them the benefit of the doubt. Yes, we should. But we should also abhor wrongdoing. You know, There's been many, many times that I, even in this, my short life, because I'm not that old, that I've come to the place where I've had to make the decision, a decision based on something that has been done wrong. And when it comes to people you love, when it comes to, to, to things, situations where, where people are involved, It's not easy. It's not easy to make a decision that will 
cause some kind of, uh, of hurt or that might fracture a situation. But we have to make a decision not based on whether this person is going to still like me. We have to make a decision based on what is right and what is wrong. We have to take into account who God is and what he's called us to. We have to take into account how he has called us to act and what he wants us to be involved in. And when it comes to something, it can't be because, hey, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. It has to be because what God's conviction in your life is and what he's spoken to you. And I say this as somebody, you know, that, like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't feel like that I can say this, like that I'm speaking against or speaking out at stuff that's happened in churches. But I feel like that God is saying, listen, the, this scripture hasn't been read enough in churches. The scripture hasn't been read enough by pastors. That there's a problem when the pastors don't adhere to this sound doctrine and this sound wisdom. Because how could a people... How could a people be strong and healthy and, and abhor evil when the pastors don't do it themselves? And I, I think about, man, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. And that's all the time, right? But what I think about is what's going on in the church. What is happening in the church? I think about that ship that Paul was on, right? It's like he's being taken somewhere. He's being dragged somewhere. So many times we feel like, well, we're just being dragged along on this crazy train, right? You guys act like you didn't. No, I never said that. How many times last week? Did you look at what's going on in the world and like, how do I even get off this crazy train? I know you did. But what I want to say is look at Paul and look at the position that he had, but look what happened when he allowed God to use him. I see this nation like the ship. I see the church and its people like Paul. It doesn't matter if you're the president. It doesn't matter if you're on Congress. You have leadership. What are you speaking into this world? And how many people are you allowing God to, to bring into your space so that you can save them? As he said, he's like, listen, God has told me that if we do it this way, we will not perish. Don't tell me that you're just being dragged along. 
Because I know God will speak to you and say, hey, listen, if you do it this way, you're going to bring a lot of people into the place of safety. That you're going to be the leader that people need. And no matter what happens to the vessel that you're on, every single person will make it out alive. That's who I want to be. That's why I'm talking about this right now. It's, it's not about leadership principles by Josh Shelton, you know. I'm not going to write a book on, you know, whatever. It's not what it's about. It's about what God has called us to do. It's about the people that he wants us to speak to, to speak into, that he wants us to help. And how can we do that if we're not healthy ourselves? <laughs> Speaking of that, Proverbs 16, verse 14 and 15, it says, The anger of a king is a deadly threat. The wise will try to appease it. When the king smiles, there is life. His favor refreshes like a spring rain. So as we are leading people around us, what is it like? Because there's two different scenarios. God has called us to lead those around us into his presence into his family. He's called us to help them to walk out this walk of faith, to be these strong leaders for him, to speak of who he is, right? But what happens when those people are around you? It says the anger of a king is a deadly threat. I think about that. Are people just trying to appease you? Are people tiptoeing gently around you? Are, are they kind of keeping their distance, but like, okay, yeah, we'll see what happens, you know? I mean, because I see that a lot. Or are you refreshing? It says, when a king smiles, there is life. His favor refreshes like a spring rain. I want, I want people around us to feel refreshed and rejuvenated. That our countenance actually can bring a refreshing spirit to the room that we're in. Who has ever been told that? I know many of us have. It's not all the time, but I have been told that before. I have. You guys are like, But when you can have the attitude, as a leader, look, this is talking about a king or people in leadership, those that are rulers, those that reign, right? But the countenance that we have can either bring fire down on people or it can refresh them. People can be turned away or they can be drawn in and refreshed. And what is happening when we walk into a room? Are our emotions getting the better of us? 
you know, I think about this. I already said this a little bit, but in so many situations, the first, always, well, really always, the first thing that rises up in us is our emotions, right? And it's, I don't, I'm not the one to really to talk about the brain, even though I do say stuff sometimes about the brain. But anyway, but it seems like that's the first thing that pops up. Before you're thinking, remembering all the knowledge and wisdom that you have learned and gained pops up in your mind, you know, the first thing that pops up is the emotions. And I've told you stories, you know, before myself, it's like, it's like something happens and automatically, that story, that thing that happened, the person that did you wrong 42 years ago, yeah, well, not, not me because I'm only 42, but 20 years ago, that thing that happened, how does that come up before the wisdom that we read, the, the, the goodness that we read in this book? But it does. But we have to engage that in a way and say, no, my emotions will not control me. What I know of who God is and who he's called me to, how he's called me to act, what he's called me to do, how he's called me to be, those things will be in control of my life, not my emotions. My, not my temper tantrum. You're like, what? Yeah, we still have ten- temper tantrums as adults. It may look a little different. You might not be on, well, you might not be on the floor banging your hands and your feet on the ground, but I've seen stuff pretty close to that. We can't let our emotions... can't let them guide us. We are called to bring stability. To situations around us. We're called to bring stability. And as I close in Proverbs 28:2 it says, when there is moral rot within a nation. Anybody like, ah, okay. When there is moral rot within a nation, its government topples easily. But wise and knowledgeable leaders bring stability. See, most problems don't solve themselves. They usually get worse. They usually keep getting worse. You know, whenever you have a piece of fruit that starts to rot, you don't, you you really can't reverse it. But what do you need to do? You need to bring some fresh fruit into the equation. And we are supposed to be the fresh fruit in this nation. We're supposed to be that fresh fruit. We could say, oh, there's moral rot in this nation. We could do all this stuff. But bringing more rot 
into the nation is not going to help anything. Looking at that and complaining about it, looking at whatever situation and complaining and, and saying how bad it is and, and, and just like, I don't even know what we're going to do. And You act like you didn't say that, but you did. I know you did. How is this going to work out? I don't know. But are you going to be the one that brings stability, that brings a sure foundation to the situations around you? You can look at all this stuff and say, I don't know how it's going to happen. Or you can be the change that needs to happen in the situation. It's just so funny. Like, I've done it. I've, I've, I've said it. I've talked about it. I've, I've been at that place. I know. We all get there. It's like, it's just so easy to complain. Why is it so easy? Why is it so easy to call out other things? It just is. It's really hard to look in at ourselves. But what I am saying is you want the outside to change. you got to change the inside first. And then when this inside changes, look. Whenever there's stability in you, whenever there is stability in your household, where do you think people are going to run to? Where do you think? If, I, if I'm stable, if you're stable, people will be able to hold on to us. If we're not, if they try to grab onto us, it doesn't matter. We're all going down. But I want to be that sure foundation. We should be that sure foundation with those around us. Would you stand with me? How does that happen? Proverbs 20, 28, it says, Unfailing love and faithfulness protect the king. His throne is made secure through love. Man, that's so interesting. I talked about all these things, but the security of who you are is through love. It's because you are loved. When you say, I don't know, I don't know about this, I don't know about that, just know that you're loved. Of course, by your family, by those around you. But that real stability, that sure foundation comes from knowing that you are loved by a God who created you who made you who you are, and he loves you so much that he wants you to stand right by his side and, and, and say, I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to lead people to you. I'm going to be that leader, that, that king, that queen, that, that one that provides stability and leadership to those around me. Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.